This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bibles? (laughs) Romans 12, verse 4 and 5. And while you're turning there, these next few weeks... We're going to be talking about this idea of what it means to be a triple threat to the kingdom of darkness. And what I mean by triple threat is that there are three separate mentions, three separate lists, three separate places in the New Testament where there is a list of gifts that are given. Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Okay, They are not all one long list that just carries on into the next book. They are each their own category. They each actually connect with a member of the Trinity. If you go to 1 Corinthians 12, 4, and 5, and 6, you see that. And each of them are critical for us to be the threat to the kingdom of darkness, not a threat to Washington, not a threat to your quote-unquote enemies, but a threat to the kingdom of darkness. God gave all three of these. And a church, an individual, a family that understands and walks in all three of these is unstoppable against the kingdom of darkness. The Ephesians 4 gifts Uh, The ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, a lot of confusion about that these days. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. 1 Corinthians 12, a lot of people, uh, a lot of confusion about that, right? Like, should we be running laps? Darren, are we going to break out the banners and and the the tutus and the the things? Things and running around it. And by the way, I'm not like banner, anti-banner or uh, pro-banner. I'm banner neutral. Um, But we're not really a banner place, just so you know, in case you're thinking, should I bring my banner next week? There are a lot of great banner churches. We're we're just not one of them. But 1 Corinthians 12, there are gifts there that the Holy Spirit has for us that aren't parlor tricks. It's not like David Blaine's street magic. It's It's David Whetstone going into the kingdom of darkness and a demon manifests itself. And I've seen that firsthand. Turns out, nobody in West Africa is debating whether the Holy Spirit stopped moving today or not. Indonesia, they're not going, well, I don't know whether or not, but I just saw the cancer go away, so I get, I don't know. They're not debating it there. We're going to talk about that. But we're talking right now about what I've actually, I've called it life gifts only because... 1 Corinthians 12 says that offer your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, and uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind, you know that, and then it says you will know his will for you, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. And what is his will? The very next verses, those seven gifts. That's his will for you. That's what we've been talking about last week, this week, and next week. Those Seven gifts. And if you found Romans 12, I wanted to read to you from verse 4 and 5 just for today. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. The ultimate 
idea, the ultimate concept of what it means to belong to each other, to, to be the belonging, not just a church, but the, the belonging of us together is these verses right here in Romans 12, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. That's God's word. I want to show you why I think that, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, when we come to you in your word, it's important for us to first pray and to ask for your wisdom for us. To ask, Lord, for you to speak to us. Father, you may want to speak to somebody, something I'm not saying. Let them have the courage to check out and just get out your journal and start writing what you're saying to them. It's our prayer, Lord, today that 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 those words would become life, that they would become uh, transformative in our own hearts. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. I, uh, a few years back, was in a, a thing called uh, an intensive. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say intensive? Yeah, you've been to one of those? Aren't they a blast? It's a real scene, man. Like, an intensive uh, for the uninformed is uh, really not the best word uh, for that. It's more like a, a, a squeegee, like I'm just going to ring you out for a week. And you sit in a circle, which I did with other grown men. And in that circle was a guy named Chip Dodd. Does anybody know who Chip Dodd is? Yeah, he's, he's a blast. And then with uh, Jeff Schulte. Does anybody know Schulte? Uh, Phil Herndon. And, and what you would do uh, each session when you check in is you look at this little piece of paper on the floor in this little circle, which is already my nightmare, just FYI, sitting in a circle with a bunch of dudes. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about your feelings. I would rather claw my own eyes out than that. So, but I paid money, so I couldn't leave. So I'm, I'm looking at the sheet of paper, and on the sheet of paper on the floor are these nine feelings that Chip has said these are the nine feelings. And my job was at each session to say, well, this is how you feel. And uh, you're shaking your head, yes, Mike. Have you been to this rodeo? Oh, man. So I'm looking at it, and I want you to know there's nine feelings, and the answer for me is, I have no idea. I know what I think. I think this is stupid. <laughs> I think I have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> And I think it's only Monday. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Where is frustrated on there? Is that one? Um, now, here's the irony of that whole thing. So that, that's sort of my thing is I, I don't really know much about feelings. I know a lot about thinking. Now, because God is hilarious, he, 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 uh, he brings me and Shannon Tyler together in, uh, in marriage. Now, if you know Shannon, what you know about Shannon is that she is feelings for days. She feels deeply. The, the, the hallmark commercial. Like, we'll be watching, like, one of those uh, award, like, what are the shows, like, with the music people that you watch? Uh, the Voice, yeah, that, that one. And I'll walk in and like just tears streaming down her face because it's like you make them cry, you make them buy. It's an old music business thing, um, and right. Now that said, in that world, that also there's the world, and guys, maybe you resonate with this or not. When you walk in and there are tears, what is one of the first things you're wondering? Do what I do? Whoever said that? 
Tim, yeah. What did I do? <laughs> that is the first. And, and that feeling of when they finally say what it is, and it, whatever, one out of 10 times when it wasn't me, um, there's that feeling of, oh, thank God. <laughs> but honestly, in that world, like, I feel like when I, I, I could not feel less equipped when it comes to that. I feel like I'm trying to put out a fire uh, with a blanket, like when, when she's, she's crying or anybody's crying for that matter. I'm just, I'm just like, pat, you know, you're trying to pat the fire out. Like if I <laughs> st- stop, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, I don't know. I would say that probably complicated our marriage. Would you say for a while? <laughs> and God somewhere is thinking that, that crap's funny. <laughs> Let's put them together. Here, here's what I learned from those meetings with, with Schulte uh, and over these years. And that is that you and I are wired in specific ways, okay, from, from Romans 12 here, okay? Not just Myers-Briggs, not just disc profile, not just the uh, Enneagram, whatever, like, but you literally, there's a, long before any of that was even said, God said there's a spirit, I'm calling it a gift that I'm putting inside of you. What's the one thing in common with all of the tools that you have been given for those things? Strengths finders, disc. They're called tools. That's what's in common with them. And if you do it well, you won't be a tool. And I don't know how it's worked out for you over the years, but not so great for me. Because what I'm now painfully aware of is that I kind of am a tool, but I have no idea what to do about it. So it, it almost feels like a salvation by works, but with who I am as a person. The language that is used here in Romans 12 is nothing about being a tool. The language here is about being a gift. So a gift isn't something that I got to work on, hone, do better at. No, a gift is something that I receive And this gift, by the way, isn't something that you are receiving for you. It's a gift that you are receiving through you. And so stepping back and saying, oh, okay, so when my wife is feeling those things, that's not what's wrong with her. It's what's right with her. And God didn't bring us together because he thinks that crap is funny he brought us together because he knew that the part, the, the part in me that I would need the most strengthening, the, the hole that I had that I couldn't do anything about was in emotion. She could help me in that way. And where I'm at, where I come from, is I'm thinking about a lot of things. She can say, hey, Darren, there's a lot of people's feelings involved here. Can you think through this a little bit more? Which is genuinely, when you think about it, it's usually pretty genuinely surprising to me that, oh, they really were hurt their feelings. I did not know that. Um, To put this differently, every one of these seven gifts that are listed here in Romans 12, there's something about each one that stands out to you, okay? What stands out with Shannon is different than what stands out with me. And every one of these gifts... There's something that stands out, but then there's also a hole that is left that has to be filled or connected to by someone else. And the way that it really plays out is through the magic of Legos. Right? Here's your spiritual lesson for the day. 
I spent more time than I should have just trying to figure out what those things were called. Like, what's the little connector thingy called? And, and what can I call it that doesn't, like, that I'm not in some double entendre thing that I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to giggle through? Like, what, what are they called? So I went back to the original 1958 patent, and they were, I swear, this was in the patent for Legos in 1958, the, the, the thing that stood out are studs, right? And what the imprint there are called tubes. That's what they're called. So for the purposes of our conversations today, that's what we're going to call them. And with every one of those studs, okay, if my stud, my what stands out to me, if I am now approaching Shannon from, again, what stands out to her and we're then what happens is it's conflict. Why aren't you? Why am I not doing it that way? You should be, because I'm trying to tell you that what stands out to me is the right way. And what you're saying is what stands out to you is the right way. That is not connection. That is. But in vulnerability would say to Shannon, look, I really need you to help me think through how I am feeling right here. Then the connection, what Jesus wanted for us, becomes a connection and not a disconnect from that. That's what these seven gifts are about. And there are seven of them. We need all seven. You are, you represent one of them. And in the circles that you're in, allowing yourself to not use the language of healing or unhealth or strength or weakness, but to use the language of conformed or transformed. That's what Romans 1, 12, 1 says. Don't be conformed any longer to this world. So I'm not starting with behavior modification. I'm starting with just allowing myself to be renewed, right, in my mind. And when that mind is renewed, then I have the ability to now look at me and what does verse 4 say? Think not more highly of myself than I ought. Because thinking more highly of myself than I ought thinks that, you know, as much as I really want to be this my gift, the, the teaching slash discerner gift, I really want it to be, right, the visionary one. That's the fun one. All right, I want to be the encourager one. They're, the, they're a blast at a party. That's thinking more highly of myself than I ought. Believing the truth about myself is that God saw me and said, this is who I am designing you to be. And when I stand in that, offer myself as a living sacrifice, I then slide right into that and the power of transformation is no longer am I trying hard to get better at this thing. I am literally just being who God designed me to be. Every one of these gifts, there is a, 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 something that stands out in you. The, the stud, if you will, of the Lego. And when you start, let's just go in order. The, the order is visionaries first. That's the word we use to call it. It's the gift of prophecy, verse four, I think five. It's the gift that bulldozer, you, you say it and it just happens. You see something. I mean, David, I don't know where you've landed. I've come back and forth a little bit because you for sure have pulled off some visionary stuff in your life. I mean, that first time when we landed and rode a motorcycle into Bench Hall, you can't Google it. I dare you. I don't even, maybe it's on the map now because you built so much, but there was no Bench Hall, West Africa, Togo, whatever. 
we pull in. I don't know if you guys ride, if you ever do that, but you get on the little moto and you're like, and we're here. And I'm like, where? Because there's nothing but cornfields here. And I saw children of the corn. So I knew this was trouble. 11, 12 years later, there's a school, there's a clinic, there's a water tower. Three water towers. There's a city. He built a freaking city. And I'm telling you, ain't nothing out there. I remember sometime along, he's like, you know, Jesus didn't say go almost to the end of the world and invite you back to meet you. I said, go to the ends of the earth. I'm like, well, congratulations, because I think you just found it. And to this day, man, young men and women, and now they're churches that are planting churches and all over. There's something about that and that visionary gift. And I, I don't know if that's it, but it feels like that's how I would experience you. Because what the thing that, like what stands out, so to speak, in a visionary world is faith. They just see it and they won't quit. They just won't quit. They see it. They bulldoze through it. And if you just have a visionary and you don't have the other six, man, you could have a hot mess. Am I right, people? Until you start to bring the other gifts into that world, and one of the main gifts that a visionary needs, they needs all six of them, but I'll tell you this, maybe it's why it's in the order it's given. You need the collaborator, the gift of ministry, because someone's got to get all the crap done that you have seen that needs to get done. Like, that dude can will something into existence, but people got to come alongside and build the teams around it. And that's where that collaborator gift comes from. The, the gift of ministry, the gift of service. It's not a gift of just a militant, but it's actually a heart gift. It's what my wife has. We talked about it last week. It is not from your gut. It's literally from your heart. That's why she feels because it's driven not by a, a, like the, the vision and the bulldozer. It's vision by the heart and the love and the people that are behind it. There's not a project that we have done in this church that Shannon does not see the people more than the project itself. That's where that gift comes from. And that's what you see. And when I say what stands out to Shannon, to others that have that gift, is, and there's a lot of words I could use, but I just sort of narrowed it down, and it's goodness. They're goodness. Lauren, is this your gift, by the way? Yeah. She's a good kid. Like, goodness. It's just this word that just sort of encompasses the whole thing. It's goodness. And the next Gift, you, we wouldn't have to spend any time on this because you've got to hear me run my mouth every week for 52 Sundays a year. This one's mine. The gift of discerning, of teaching. It's not just about uh, the Bible. It is helpful, by the way. But it's more about the ability to literally remove myself from emotion and to see the facts and make a decision. And I put the word self-control I was, again, using words and trying to go into Greek, and this is the word Greek would use for it. Self-control, you might think things like, well, that means Darren uh, shouldn't be eating as many Cheetos as he's eating. That's not that kind of self-control, because clearly, you know what I'm saying? That one I ain't got here yet. God's got a lot to left to work on me, and that's one of them. But this is about just even Stephen. I mean, this past year, we've been through a crazy year as a church, and I've just sort of been even Stephen, not because I'm smart, not because I'm special. That's just what stands out for this gift. Even. 
It's self-control. Temperance may be a word that you would use for that. And then there's this gift called encourager. Uh, Exhortation is one of the translations. It's the idea that whoever these people are that you just sort of feel good. Like, Chris, I don't know if this is you. I could go either way, vision or whatever. But like when... When Chris walks in the room, she gets stuff done. Like, she is inspiring. I'll bet you, did you go out and run this morning already? It's your off day. But every other day, right? She's up. She's achieving. She's out there. She's running. She's accomplishing. She is inspiring just by who she is. She wakes up and is inspiring. And when Chris walks in a room, you feel better. You feel joy, honestly. Phyllis, right? 89 years of Phyllis just walking in her. Did you not today when she walked in the room and kissed you on the cheek and said that I'm your, I'm your favorite son? I know that she's got better sons than me, but, but I felt better and I felt joy. That's the gift of encouragement. You're, it's that, that's what stands out is joy when you experience her. Then there's this gift called giving uh, peace. Is They're just the Literally, conflict avoidant, but they're not conflict avoidant. They're peace pursuant. They're the ones in conflict. You can see them in the New Testament. Whenever there's conflict and you see who it was that Paul sent to get the problem solved, almost always you look at the description of who they are and like, that's an imparter if I've ever seen one. God loves imparters because in a world full of conflict, we need people who can come in and be peaceful, who can see both sides of the situation and can literally infuse peace into that. That's what stands out with them. And then there's the gift of the guardian. Now, I put uh, patience on that because that's a word we would recognize, but the King James version of patience, Amy's like, patience? What are you talking about? Long-suffering is the King James word for that. Willingness to suffer to get it right. That's the King James version of it. I just couldn't fit long-suffering on there. That's the Greek word for it. And a lot of times, like if you uh, encounter someone who is in this gift and you ask them, how's it going today? And they're in the middle of work. Oftentimes, it'll be met with like a sigh first. Like a, well, you know, I got this and I got that and I got to get this figured out. I got to, because they're suffering long, but they won't quit. That's why patience kind of fits for it because they won't quit. They'll keep going. They make it happen. They're totally dependable. That's what stands out is the long suffering nature of that gift. And the final one is the, I call it responder. It's the gift of mercy because it is the gift that says I'm going into the fire with somebody when there is a crisis. They don't just go, but they stay. And they don't just stay, but they're not checking their phones. They're not wondering what time it is. They're there and they're there for you. And that is a gift of kindness. When you think about all seven of these and how the perfection of seven is Jesus, right? The number of perfection. I can't think of anything that we need that isn't on this list for any problem that the world would throw at us. It encompasses everything we need. And when you think about it, I want to read this passage to you. Galatians 5, 
verse 22 and 23. Uh, I believe that's the New Living Translation, but the King James, NIV, all others say the same thing. It says this, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, right? Young's literal translation, all literal translations, they all say the same thing. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Does God not know how to conjugate? Because shouldn't it actually say the fruits of the Spirit are English teachers? Unless the fruit of the Spirit is singular, love, singular. And joy, peace, patience, kindness is the description of love. What does 1 Corinthians 13 tell us? Love is patient. Love is kind. The fruit of the apple tree is an apple. The apple is round. It is red. It is sweet. Love tastes like joy, smells like peace, feels like patience. Now, with that in mind, think with me. What did I just read to you? The fruit of the Spirit is love, singular. And what does love feel, smell, taste like? It tastes like joy, like an encourager, like peace, like an imparter, long-suffering, like a guardian, kindness, like a responder, goodness, like a collaborator, faith, like a visionary, self-control, right? Gentleness, that whole little line there, like a discerner. When we come together as the body of Christ, seven of these gifts all together, do you know what we are? We are the love of Jesus personified to a world around us. That's why 1 Corinthians 12 talks about those spiritual gifts and what is the very next chapter 13, it talks about love. You can have all this other stuff, but if you don't have love, then it's like a clanging symbol. And then right after that, it goes into chapter 14 and says, and then, hey, you know what? When you come together in love, one of you brings a song, one of you brings a word. It, it describes this kind of church that we have not been very familiar with in a modern context. But it's a church based on love. That idea would not work in a room with 400 people, but you know what it does work with? A room at a house in Nolensville. It works in a room in Fairview or in Columbia where smaller groups could come together and come together in love. All seven of these gifts coming together to bring unity together, which then in that kind of unity brings the ability for 1 Corinthians 12 to happen where we actually can love each other in a way that is very specific and very unique, that is very much for the church. And from there, those little church bases to be able to send out evangelists and shepherds and, and teachers and apostles. And some of y'all getting kind of wound up because I said apostles, but apostle just means sent one. It just means missionary. Do you ever wonder why the word missionary is not in the Bible? It is. It's called an apostle, the sent one. I don't know what's going to happen in Washington, D.C., okay? And I want you to know that anybody that you're listening to right now that says they know, they don't know. They just don't. But the God of the universe knows, okay? And what he's telling us is that the way that we can move forward into these next few weeks, days, months and years 
is not as a political force raising our fists, but as a Jesus church raising our hands out. First Peter 2, verse 5, he says this. Remember we talked about the Legos coming together? He says in 1 Peter 2, 5, that you and I are living stones being built together into a temple, into a home for God. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but there is actually a Lego temple. Did you know that? There's a Lego temple. It's a lot bigger than it looks in that picture. <laughs> he wants to bring us together as a church, locking and connecting to build the temple of the Holy Spirit here on earth. And go home today, read 1 Peter 2 all the way through, and see what happens when living stones, you are a living stone being brought together on the foundation of Jesus to create this living hope. And then he goes on to say, and you know why you're going to refute the talk of evil men, foolish men? is not by your well-crafted arguments or your ranting Facebook posts, but by your good works. That's what Jesus said would happen. Let them see your good works, and they will glorify God. Church, I, don't, I can't speak for any other church in town. I can speak for a few, because every Sunday, by the way, there are about 15 or 20 pastors, and we're on a group chat, and we talk every Sunday morning, encouraging each other, cheering each other on. There are churches in unity like I've never seen before in this community. We need that in the churches, and we need that in our church as well. And we're going to start, we have to start with just the simple idea that you were wired, something stands out about you, it's not what's wrong with you, it's what's right with you. And I need you, we need you to bring your Lego block brick and to put it in the place where God wants it in this church family here or whatever church he has for you. Because he wants to do something amazing in these last days. He wants to build a church, a shining light, a city on a hill that will, when all the bills come due on truth and relative truth, all that's going to come crashing down, we could be the shining light on a hill when it all comes and we're not going to be there judging and telling him, I told you so. We're going to be there like the father saying, welcome home, my son. Welcome home, my daughter. Stand to your feet. I've got to get you out of here. Heavenly Father... I pray that these words speak to us, they speak to me, and that your life, your light, that your... Lord, that you would just show us where we belong in this. Show us what is the gift that you've got, that you've created us to do. Lord, would you give us the courage and the wisdom to begin to look at what you might want to do through us from 1 Corinthians 12, and to see that in Ephesians 4, that we need teachers and shepherds and evangelists, Lord, to answer that call. We desire personally, we desire corporately to be a triple threat, not against Washington, not a triple threat against government or whatever out there. We are a triple threat against the kingdom of darkness. The gates of hell will not prevail against your church. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.